This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. We're in Psalm chapter 89. We're going to try to finish Psalm 89 today. Yeah, I know you're sitting there going, I can't believe you got through this long song in two mornings, but uh, amazing things do go on, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to move on through. We made it all the way through verse 37, and there is 52 verses, so uh, verse 38 through 52 uh, is about the size of a normal psalm that we normally do. He says uh, in verse, in, in Psalm 89, verse 38, he says, but you have cast off and abhorred. You have been furious with your anointed. You have renounced the covenant of your servant. Now, what he's talking about is he's he, he went through about how the sons of David um, had turned and had not uh, <clears throat> um, walked in the ways that he walked in, and uh, Solomon's uh, sons had not had not done the things that they should have done, and and that passage was about discipline. And he says, "You have renounced the covenant of your servant." You have profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. And oftentimes, God, this is a little bit of hyperbole in the sense of that's the way, that's the way that we feel when God is disciplining us. And, and I'm going to go back into it again this morning. God disciplining us is out of love. In fact, the Bible tells us those whom the Father love, he does discipline or he does chastise. And that means to punish. And that has a connote, it connotes or has a connotation of physical punishment. And when that is going on, when we're being chastised by our earthly father, or when we're being chastised by our boss, or when we're being chastised by uh, by someone in authority over us, or more importantly, when we're being chastised by God, it seems like that they are furious with us. It seems like that they, they're angry with us. It seems like the relationship that we had before is totally broken. But the truth is, that's not what's going on. Uh, what's happening is that God is, is teaching us he is directing us. He's training us in his ways. And and God understands that you don't know his ways. And he understands that you don't walk in his ways. And so he's very, he's full of grace and long suffering with you about those things. But for those of us who've walked with God for a time period, for who, who know God, and for those of us who know his word, uh, and know what we should be doing. We, we know how to walk in faith in a situation. We know how to act in a situation. For those of us like that who do not do it, who choose our own way, choose our own uh, path, choose to do it because of our own selfish desires or for whatever reason, that has to be disciplined by God. I, I've said it maybe even last week. Discipline, God, physical spanking or something like that by a parent should only be done for direct disobedience or for or for disrespect, not respecting your position. It's just those two things and those two things alone. Why? 
because everything else should be correcting, should be showing a child how they should do something, showing a child what they should do. I see so many times people get angry when a child knocks over a cup on the table or, or does something that <clears throat> a child's going to do, break a break something in the house because they bumped into it. Those things are not things to, to be angry about. And you say they broke something that was very important or they broke something that now we're going to have to pay for. You know what? Physical things are physical things and they pass away, but uh, the personhood of the child is more important. And if you're going to have children, you just understand that there's going to be some holes in the walls. There's going, going to be some paint spilled on something or there's just going to be a mess somewhere all the time there and uh, the younger they are the more the mess that they're going to get into and uh, that's just the way life is for a while and that's because they're those little bitty humans don't know don't know what uh, causes things and doesn't know the purpose of those things but once we enter into a time of maturity once god has led us through times of faith and walking with him once once he's taught us how to react in certain certain situations and how, should, how we, we should be in those situations. He expects us to remember the character that he placed in us, to remember the nature that he's given us, and he expects us to walk in. And I don't think that's, uh, that's to be God being too overbearing when he expects us to walk in the things that he has shown us and revealed to us. In fact, I think that's, uh, that's pretty legitimate. And if we know what we should be doing, but because of some reason uh, of our own that we're not doing that, then you can expect God to discipline you for that. That's, that's, that's direct disobedience to God. If he's told us to act a certain way in a certain situation, and we, uh, he's taught us that over the years, he's taught us to trust him in it, and, and we don't, well, well, shouldn't there be some expectation that God's going to discipline us in that? Yeah. And, and in that discipline, you feel like, well, you've lost your covenant or you've lost a lot of times people. The word used here is you're anointing, you're anointing. That's not true. Just because you're being, just because you're being disciplined in the area doesn't mean you've lost your anointing. In fact, the Bible says the gift and call of God are irrevocable, which means his gifts to you with faith and all the spiritual gifts that he's given you and all the gifts that he's given you in this world, they're irrevocable. And his call on your life is irrevocable, irrevocable, which means that when he says those he calls, he justifies. Once God makes that call, it's not, it doesn't get revoked. Romans tells us that those he calls, he justifies. Well, the gift and the call of God, the anointing of God is irrevocable. He says, you have broken down all his hedges, meaning God's removed a lot of the protection that they had because of their actions. You brought his stronghold to ruin, which means what you thought was something that you could place your trust in, that we should never place our trust in the gift of God. We should place our trust in God and allow the gift to be the blessing. And once God has moved in our lives and made things uh, possible for us, we don't place our trust in his, in the work of his hand. We place our trust in him. He says, all who pass by the way plunder him. He is a reproach to his neighbor. You have exalted the right hand of his own of his adversaries. Notice this is just a bunch of whining. And it's a bunch of whining because they acted outside of his 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 will. They acted, they knew his commandments, they knew his precepts, and they've lived outside of. He says, You have also turned back 
the edge of, the, of his sword, meaning you've taken away his power to defend himself, his power and his strength. He says, you have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword and have not sustained him in the battle. You have made his glory cease and cast him and thrown down to the ground. The days of his youth you have shortened and you've covered him with shame. Uh, and that, that happens. Now, you can also take this whole passage, which I think is really neat. Uh, you can take all of 38 through 45 and you can, you can attribute it to Christ and God placing the sin of the world on. And let me read it that way so that you can see the, the layered uh, nature of this psalm and, and the ability to both see one thing or the other. Uh, notice, you've cast off and, and abhorred. You've been furious with your anointing, the wrath of God on sin that Jesus took up. You have renounced the covenant of your servant, meaning there's only judgment there. You have profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. You've taken away his glory, and, and he did. You've broken down all his hedges, meaning all the protection that Jesus walked in was broken down. You've brought his stronghold to ruin. All who pass by his way plunder him. They stole his garments. You, he is his reproach to his neighbor. He's been beaten and, and, and shattered. You have exalted the right hand of his adversary, meaning you've given the power to the Sanhedrin and to, and to the Pharisees. You have made all of his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword, meaning you've taken away the power of his word uh, because you've turned your back on him. He says, you have also, and, and you have uh, sustained him in the, uh, and have not sustained him in the battle. You have made his glory cease, meaning made him sin, complete sin, no glory in that. He says, you've made his glory cease and cast his throne down to the ground. The days of his youth, you have shortened and you have covered him with shame. That can be used as an allusion toward Jesus when God turned his back on him and, and placed the sin of the whole world on him. Now, going back to just dealing with us as individual uh, believers, uh, verse 46, how long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will you wrath with your will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is, for what futility you have created all the children of men. Notice he's saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the midst of your anger. I don't want to be in the midst of your discipline. I'm too uh, my life is too short. I want to walk back in the way I was before. He says, What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? And obviously, uh, the answer is no. Death is coming for us all. He said, "Lord, where are your former loving? Where are your former loving kindness?" That's not easy to say. Lord, where are your former loving kindnesses? And he's he's now appealing back to God's grace and mercy. He says, "Which you swore to David in your truth, meaning that was your truth that you swore that you would always uh, be full of grace and mercy toward us." Remember, Lord, the reproach of your servant, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the enemies, all the many peoples with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, with which you have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. He's saying, remember, remember who I am. Remember that I'm the one, I'm, I'm the one that you have saved and redeemed, that you have anointed with your Holy Spirit. And he says, remember me. He said, and then he says, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. 
Amen and amen. So many times when we go through the book of Psalms, you're dealing with the emotive, the emotion uh, of the of, of life. And our soul is uh, the new te- two New Testament words for our soul, cardia, which is speaks to our speaks to our, our our passions. It's the emotional part of who we are. And then the other word for soul in the New Testament is which is our mind. So you have our passion, our emotions, and uh, then you have our intellect and and our thoughts and how we reason things out. And that those two aspects of our being need to worship God and need to connect with God. And as we go through life, the book of the book of Psalms, although for me it's never been just really one of my favorite places to go, it it does connect intimately and deeply with the with our emotions, with our passions, and it touches those things. And allows us to understand how to deal with our emotions and our passions as we come and, and, and deal with God. And oftentimes our emotions and our passion can get in the way of us knowing and walking and experiencing God's will to its fullest. That being said, our emotions and passions oftentimes when we are walking with God can fill us with, with a, a a force that the power of God to come out of us in fullness and strength. And although we want worship to be both passionate and emotive, we want it to be intellectual and thought-provoking. And that's why the two aspects, really the two aspects of what we do on Sunday morning, one is one is to stir the heart, the passions of the believer, and the other is to prick the mind and cause the mind to consider God and when you add the passion of life and the intellect of knowing God, there's power in that. And understanding the discipline of God and God's work in our lives, disciplining us and how that brings about such passion, we can use that passion to allow our lives to be changed by God. And rather than walking in sorrow and feeling like there's loss, we can use the passions uh, that God has made uh, in us and the passions uh, that we have, our emotions to press us forward toward truth and toward life. And that's what is going on in the book of Psalms. That's really how the, why the book of Psalms is, is written is to give us these, not only these worship songs, but allow us to see the importance of our passions, our, our emotions, our heart, and how that affects our walk with God. And the, the, there's great importance in having a great passion for God and his word and his work and his people. And God has great passion for those things. And I would encourage you today to see not only the times in your life where God has been correcting you and not correcting you when you didn't know what to do, but correcting you when you failed to walk in the truth and the promises and the things that he'd already shown you in your life. And his I want you to see that as a time of correction and a of giftedness from God. It's a gift from God that he does not allow us to go back to the ways we were before and the days of old. But he is always pushing us forward and promoting us. And may that be for you. And we are going to be moving into book four. I think there's five, maybe six books. I don't remember. In the book of Psalms. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you 
and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.